This is Seattle's Morning News. Dave Ross with Colleen O'Brien. There's still no progress on tracking down the Supreme Court leak, but there is plenty of criticism being dished out by people who follow the court. And so, for more perspective, we go to a man whose batting average before the court is a solid 1,000, former State Attorney General Rob McKenna, sponsored by Madrona Financial Services. You are three for three, right? That's right. Okay. So, I'm basically playing off an article in Slate magazine, uh, which says the court's problem goes much deeper than this leak. The court's problem is that its its process is a black box and the justices are unaccountable. Now, I thought that was by design. That would be built in, seems to be, to any job that carries a lifetime appointment. But where do you come down on this? I think the article is a little over the top. You know, For one thing, it, it's clearly coming from a point of view that strongly disagrees with Justice Alito and the current conservative majority on the court. It also seemed to be keying off of the news about Justice Thomas's wife, uh, which I think is very troubling. I think it makes one point which is worth considering, uh, which is whether a justice should be solely responsible for deciding whether they recuse themselves. So I'm thinking here of Justice Thomas, his wife, you know, texting people at the White House uh, uh, around January 6th or after the election before January 6th, talking about the election. And, uh, you know, if there are cases that come up to the court about the election, maybe he should recuse himself, but no one can force him to do that. So maybe a majority of the court should be able to, or maybe it needs the supermajority of the court should be able to force a justice to recuse themselves in certain cases. But beyond that, the article seems to be complaining that the court says it wants to police itself. It really doesn't do so. But it really is short on examples of where that's needed. Right. And what are the what are the problems that this author is trying to fix? They, they, he didn't really provide a lot of examples. Of course, the, the event that triggered the article is the, the leak of the draft opinion by Justice Alito the call by Chief Justice Roberts to invest in investigation and the point in the article that the police force for the Supreme Court isn't really capable of that investigation. Absolutely no analysis or evidence supporting that claim that the police force isn't capable of investigating. Just a, just a bald assertion. So I, I wasn't too impressed by the level of analysis in the piece, but I, did, I, you know, I think it does raise some valid points about – accountability, checks and balances, and whatnot. So those are, those are worth talking about. Well, I think they're saying, and this was written by uh, a couple of people, Dahlia Lithwick, who, who um, I've, we've talked to before, actually, and Mark mm-hmm. Joseph Stern. And, and I think their point is that the justices themselves <clears throat> run the court. So a- any yeah. I- investigation is ultimately supervised by the people being investigated. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, I don't know what, what else you could do there. I mean, it, under the principle of separation of powers, you can't have the executive branch policing the judicial branch, and you can't have the legislative branch policing it, although the Supreme Court operates under certain statutes. So you do rely on the court to police itself. So if the court wanted to employ, to appoint an inspector general, one of two things would happen. The court would have to decide to do it, or maybe the, the legislative branch, the Congress, could order them to put an inspector general in place. But this concept of separation of powers is really important because checks and balances don't really work if one branch is under the thumb of another branch. Yeah. And uh, so, I, you know, I, I, I would be cautious here in going in the direction of putting them under one of the other branches' control if that's what these authors ultimately have in mind. Well, is the court completely unchecked? Because it's still – justices could be impeached if uh, they acted in an especially egregious manner, couldn't they? I mean, and that would be up to Congress, I suppose. But then again, in an impeachment, 
doesn't one of the justices have to preside? Well, that's a really good point. I suppose, though, that you could have another federal judge sit in place of a Supreme Court justice for that duty. There have been federal judges who have been impeached, of course, and the Supreme Court chief justice, I think, would, would preside. But if a Supreme Court justice were under articles of impeachment, I think you'd have to bring in a federal judge who's not on the Supreme Court. And I don't think you're ever going to see a Supreme Court justice be impeached, which, of course, means be indicted, much less be convicted short of committing a felony. Uh, I just don't think that's going to happen. In fact, the federal judges who have been impeached, who I'm thinking about, were convicted of felonies. And so mm-hmm. they were they were appropriate targets for impeachment and conviction. But I mean, that's that is to your point that that's a pretty draconian remedy. It would be used only in extreme cases. If we want changes at the Supreme Court, there's there's some things that the Congress can do. I mean, the number of justices on the court, as we all know, is established by statute. It's not in the Constitution. And the other thing that the Senate and the White House could do is they could start looking for Supreme Court justices who are interested in those kinds of reforms at the court. So if there's really a case to be made for enhanced transparency and accountability for reforms like hiring an inspector general or something like that, you know, you could start appointing Supreme Court justices who think that's important, too, uh, who believe that there's some, there are some changes that should be made. Uh, one simple example is, you know, should Supreme Court proceed be televised the way that many court proceedings now are televised. In fact, I, I don't know of any court in the land that categorically prohibits cameras in the courtroom. I think the Supreme Court is the only one left that does. So if you really felt it was important, and you're, you're a senator or you're the president, you know, to, to put television cameras in the courtroom, you could start looking for people to be on the court who agreed with you. And I think that would be a legitimate, you know, legitimate lit- litmus test, if you will. Former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Rob, thank you. Thank you, Dave.